Welcome to Testify It. We are sharing the love of Christ and building people up through testimonies and teaching. Today, in partnership with FCA, we have a wonderful testimony by Ardell Brown. Ardell was seeking validation from all the wrong places, but instead he found grace. Now, I apologize for some of the audio of this testimony ahead of time. Ardell was away at school and we had to do this via phone and we had a few connection problems. But I promise you, if you listen to this testimony, it will reach straight to your heart. So settle in and get ready to enjoy Ardell's testimony. My name is Christopher Wagner, and I am here today with Ardell Brown, who I met through a mutual friend with FCA or Fellowship of Christian Athletes. Welcome, Ardell. How's it going? It's going really well. I'm blessed. Thank you for asking. Uh, I'm. I. You got to hear a little bit uh, over the last few conversations we've had about your testimony and about how what God has brought you through and brought you to. And I'm just really excited to hear uh, your story today. So if you could maybe start from the beginning and and tell us your story and what God has done for you. Of course. So, excuse me. Growing up, I grew up in a Christian household. My mom is a secretary at the church that I went to when I was younger. And throughout that, I was I went to Sunday school. I went to vacation Bible school. I almost, I believe, Christian child. Um, and the big thing that I was always taught was just how big and how mighty and how powerful God really was. Um, and in a way, that kind of scared me. I looked at him as a dictator in a way, and that whatever mistake I made or might have made or might have thought, um, I'd just be crucified for it and go to hell for it. Um, and that kind of carried into my high school years. I would say that I drifted away from God a little bit and didn't really look towards Him, just wanted to do my own thing, live my own life. And during that same time was when I really started to get involved in sports. And just a couple people that I was around and how I was taught, a lot of things were based on validation from females or validation from outside sources like alcohol or even smoking or doing drugs and that and I would say in high school it scared me a little bit because I didn't necessarily know what to do or how to do so I just kind of learned and that carried over to when I got into college and just in college there was a big culture shock because one it was a bigger stage but two I was really good at what I did I played football at Seton Hill University, and coming in as a freshman, I kind of did my own thing, and I played well enough to just become a starter. And throughout my freshman year, I would say there was a lot of pressure, um, pressure just from outside forces that I never really faced before and never really dealt with before. So I just kind of did what the upperclassmen did, and that was just go to parties, drink, and talk to girls. And throughout that, I would say I didn't really have a big idea of who I was at the core, because even women... I didn't think of them as anything. I thought that they were just an object and they were built for my pleasure. Um, and turning to alcohol, it kind of just led me down a depressive road. And it's funny because I talked to one of my boys and he said, if you're depressed, why would you drink alcohol when it's depressing? And honestly, I've never had an answer. I just thought that it was always something that you had to do because it's what the culture did. It's what the world did. And I fed off of it a lot. And so moving forward into my sophomore year in college, I was drinking a lot. I was fucking up with girls, um, and I wasn't really paying attention to anybody but myself. 
the focal point was myself. The focal point was what can I do? What can I do to make myself better? What can I do to live better? What can I do to just show people that I'm the man and I did this myself and this is all because of me and because of me, I always do what I want because I'm the man. And that led going into the spring of my sophomore year of college while I was playing football. And I just came to a point where I wanted to quit playing football as a whole. It wasn't fun to me. At this point, by the grace of God, I was an All-American two straight years. And it was just kind of weighing on me that like nothing that I do is worth it. The girls, they're played out. Um, the sex is played out. The alcohol is played out. At this point in my sophomore year, I was drinking every weekend, um, getting extremely drunk and just coming back and going to sleep, but then even playing football the next day feeling terrible. But it was something that I thought everybody did because I was in college. And ever since high school, that was something that I thought was worth it and it's something that made me worth it until I had one of the biggest scares and moments of my life. And at this time, I ended up tearing my abs. Um, and for those who haven't experienced an issue like that, you can't walk, you can't go upstairs. Um, it's hard to even crawl at some point. And that kind of just took my will of everything because for the first time, the one thing that I thought made me whole, which was football, was taken away from me. And I always say that this was the biggest blessing of my life because God knew what he was doing. And even though I might have looked at it as a wrong thing, he looked at it as a great thing. And during this time period, it was June 25th, 2017, that I actually gave my life to Jesus Christ. And throughout that time, not to say that immediately as I did that, my whole life changed. I stopped drinking. I stopped looking at girls. I stopped having sex um, because I didn't. And it was kind of a learning experience that this walk is not, perfect and it's not about perfection because there's only one perfect person and that's jesus christ but it was constant progression in my life um, throughout that fall season i learned how to be a leader but not as in a leader as in i need all the glory but as a certain leader the way christ is and how even though he's the biggest one he still washes disciples feet. And i just tried to do that to the best of my abilities and follows just jesus's example of how he served his disciples and how I knew that I needed to just serve the people that I was around, whether they saw me as a leader, whether they saw me as a captain or not. It was all about just making sure they gave my life the way Jesus gave his life to the disciples and also us people all on the earth. And so moving forward, um, going into the spring of my junior season when I could finally play football again, I felt things start to shift as in my priorities as not football as my God, but just as a tool that could be used, um, where I had to get on my hands and knees and just ask God, just if this is for me, then I want to make sure that I give it all to you. Um, even if it's not for me, I still want to give it all to you, but it's going to allow you to take control of what happens with football, not stress about it, not worry about it, but just remain focused on that you have a better plan for me than I could ever have myself. And so taking that into my senior season like last summer in 2018 um, this was the first time where I could say that I really made it a mission to have my life revolve around Jesus Christ have my life revolve around just focusing on him and putting him first in every aspect whether that was money whether that was football whether that was relationships um, 
And that was the point to where I didn't buy a lot of things because I didn't think that I could. Um, and also, I just felt like if I put him first, then could I ever really make a wrong decision? Um, but moving forward with that, I went into the football season kind of struggling a little bit. Throughout that time, I made it a mission just to pray about it and just to keep thinking about what God had for me and not really worrying about my own circumstances, but just trying to be a servant leader. And that's something that I found that even when I do feel like I don't have enough in me, when I start to serve people, um, the joy that I had for whatever it may be comes right back. But going throughout this season, um, it was probably the best season I ever had. I remember in the first game, right before I went out on the field for the first time since my injury, I broke down. And I was just praying, and I just asked God, I don't really know what's going to happen. I feel like a nervous wreck. I've never sweated so much in my life. I've been so nervous in my life. But I just asked that you take control in this moment. And the first time I touched the ball, I actually scored a touchdown. Um, and that was just one of the most joyful moments in my life and that I'll always be able to remember about God never leaving me, even though I thought he was gone or even though I didn't think that he could even hold me in his hands anymore. Um, and to keep progressing, I would say that even though football was moving well, I was still struggling internally to understand what it meant to follow God in every aspect. Um, like how I said before, this walk is about constantly progressing. I did have some slip-ups in the past year, just really finding myself as a whole um, and turning away from validation because that is something that I've always struggled with, whether it was on when me and my lovely girlfriend got together and some things that we struggled with at first was really trying to put God first in our relationship just because we never really knew how that was. We never learned necessarily from people. Um, and it was just kind of a big, I think I need to do this for you. I think I need to do this for you. And we focused a lot on ourselves. And in a way that kind of tore us apart just because we can never fulfill each other. We can never fulfill what we do for each other. Um, as a whole, as God can fulfill us. We could never really fill each other up. But one thing that we were dependent and focused on, we're trying to get God to allow us to just have an inner circle of other believers. And that has helped us extraordinary, especially with the shift that I had in my life after my senior year at Seton Hill. And I had the gracious opportunity to transfer to the University of Connecticut to play football. But this opportunity came a whole lot of new issues that I had to deal with personally that I'm still um, fighting for right now. But that's continually putting God first. And one thing that has changed has been just the media attention. And it's funny because I struggle with validation. So you would think that somebody who wants to be validated has a lot of media attention, so maybe this would be the best thing for them. But for me, it's kind of the direct opposite because I find myself trying not to fail. Um and looking at everything in a tiny view of I need to do this and I need to do that. In reality, it just it's a focal point for me that I just need to focus more on what God has for me and focus more on His teaching. And by reading His Bible, it kind of puts everything into perspective that God is bigger than anything that I could ever imagine, anything that I could ever deal with. And that's something that I was taught when I was younger, but now it brings a whole new light because now I see God as love and not as anger. And throughout the whole Bible, 
we get confused because sometimes we see God as punishing people or we see God as coming off as aggressive when in reality he just loves us so much. And if you're a parent and you have a child, you love your child so much that you'll do anything to try to correct them and to love them, and that's what God does for us in the same light. He just wants us to be healthy, to live a free life, but a free life in Him, that He's in control and He can guide us and direct our paths in whatever way. And that's why I just hope if, you, if you've listened to this, that the one thing that you take out of this is God's grace, because His grace is all you need, because it works best in your own weakness. God can only work His miracle when you surrender, when you give it all to Him. And that is how we can operate in our everyday lives. And just the focal point that I want to leave anybody that's listened to this, I know it might have seemed that I jumped around a little bit, but just remember that God's grace is all you need. My favorite verse is 2 Corinthians 12, 9. And before that, Paul is talking about a storm that's in his flesh, and he describes it as a messenger from Satan, and it's to torment him and to keep him from being proud. And he constantly asks him to just remove it. Just so he can live his life the way that he wants to, and in his sight, it as ampering him from doing his best of abilities. But in reality, it's just a little niche that he has that'll keep him always dependent on God. And that's that we all might have mind validation. Some people might have anxiety. Other people might have other things. But don't think just because you have that that God loves you any less, or that you're not a part of His family or a part of His kingdom. He'll take care of you. My favorite verse or my favorite scripture ever is Psalms 23. And Psalms 23 reads, The Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. He lets me rest in green meadows, and he leads me beside peaceful streams. He renews my strength, and he guides me along my path, bringing honor to his name. Even when I walk through the darkest valley, I will not be afraid, for you are close beside me. Your rod and your staff protect and comfort me. You prepare a feast for me in the presence of my enemies. You honor me by anointing my head with oil. My cup overflows with blessings. Surely your goodness and unfailing love will pursue me all the days of my life, and I will live in the house of the Lord forever. This is the New Living Translation version, and that scripture just shows that God is with you in the hills, in the valleys, in the good times, and the bad times. And when you truly put your trust and your faith in Him, and just allow Him to fight every battle that's going on in your life, you'll have rest, you'll have peace. You won't need to look for outside sources for anything, because He has all that you need. Ardell, that was amazing, and I, I truly appreciate you just articulating grace, because it's one of those things that while the, the concept can be very simple, and how much He loves us and that He gives us grace. It can be so hard sometimes for us to wrestle with that that's all it takes. And, um, you know, <clears throat> it's it's important for us to just, like you said, surrender and, and to rest in Him. You, you said something else, too, I wonder if you could maybe expound upon. You talked a little bit about the need to reach out for community. I don't know if you used that exact word, but you talked about community and first and foremost, you know, the importance of the community of the Godhead, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. But you talked about yourself and eventually your girlfriend having, you know, reaching out to community and, and other believers. Can you talk a little bit more about that and how you guys reached out 
and what kind of a difference it made in your lives. Because I know for me, it took a long time, even after I surrendered and, and was born again and became a you know, follower of Jesus Christ, to really surround myself with community in the body of Christ. And it made such a difference. And I'd love to hear a little bit more in your life how you've reached out and what kind of a difference that has made for you. Okay, definitely. So, one bit that I thought was so powerful was just when I first became a believer, it was like everything that I would ask or just when I need to help with anything, I can turn right to God. And it's like at that moment, he, I end up in a random uh, book or a scripture or something. And it was funny because when I decided to actually ask Kelly out, who's my girlfriend, we were both believers. It was kind of like God wasn't enough. And not to say that God is for all my needs, but as an aspect of um, forgiveness or even just looking to be healed from something. Like my favorite pastor, Tim Ross, he spoke about when you ask for forgiveness, you ask, you ask the Father, you ask God, and He'll give you that forgiveness. But when you need healing, it's like you need to express it to somebody, whoever you trust, whoever that may be, to be healed. Because it's, we're in a community, the Godhead, as in the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, they all work together. So why would we, as God's creation, live a life of isolation? Because when we're in isolation, that just it gives the enemy just an opportunity to speak things into your head. And if you don't have people that you can talk to or that you can lean on in different situations, then you can find yourself in the wrong situation at the right time and just wonder, how did I even get here in the first place? So the big thing for us was talking to people at um, our church that we go to or even friends that we know who are believers and just really asking, do you want to do life together? And all that really means is throughout the roller coaster of life, you just have somebody with you that you can talk to, that you can lean on. Um, that won't judge you and that you know that you can be 100% real with um, that way because the Bible even speaks of just when we have a partner when we have a court of three we're protected at all boundaries nothing can hit us nothing can come at us in a different way because now we have people we can lean on you can't just come up behind us and attack us um, and I would say that was the biggest thing for us with community and just realizing that you need an inner circle to walk out this life because trying to walk out this life alone, it's too hard, it's dangerous, and it just allows the enemy an opportunity to sneak up on you and to creep up on you in different situations. When you have an inner circle or just a community of people that you can talk to every single day or every other day, however frequent it might be, now you can say things that you might not say to other people, but in those same thoughts or those same things, it's like a form of prayer because you're getting your thoughts out and God is with you through your gathered the Holy Spirit is with you in that moment. So that's really been big for us. I, I completely agree. You used the word uh, isolation, which is something I feel like <clears throat> a lot of us tend to do when things are going wrong in our life, and, and we tend to isolate and try to solve it ourselves. And, e and even if we're walking with Christ, or uh, you know, sometimes we, we isolate from, from the Godhead, f and, and then we isolate from others. And having that community, first and foremost, with the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, but also with uh, those around us who can support us, who can encourage us. And it's interesting, in Hebrews, it in, uh, talks about not forsaking the assembling of yourselves together. And that's the reason, so that you can encourage one another, you can love on one another, you can support one another. Um, and there's so many scriptures that talk about one another 
um, throughout the New Testament, how we are supposed to love and support and encourage and bear you know, one another's burdens uh, to help each other out and to, like you said, to walk through this life uh, in community. I, I just want to thank you so much for sharing your uh, testimony and what God has done. If there was one other thing you wanted to leave the listeners with or one important thing, what would be that one thing, Ardell? The one thing would be keep progressing and don't look at your mistakes you made yesterday as something that's going to dictate what you do tomorrow. Um, throughout the Bible, God is telling you just keep moving. Just keep moving. Paul says it the best in Philippians, I press on, and by pressing on, you have to keep looking forward and keep moving forward. Um, that's not to say that it's going to be easy, and that's not to say that you might not deal with something that happened in the past, but don't let what happened in the past define the future. Just every day keep putting your faith in Jesus. Keep walking out what the Bible says. Thank you so much for sharing today. Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening today. I hope you were truly blessed. If you want to know more information about Testify It, please visit us at testifyit.com. That's www.testifyit.com. Do you have a testimony to share? We'd love to hear from you. Just go to testifyit.com and fill out the testimony form. You can find it at the bottom of any page on the site. If you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ and truly want one, call out to Him today. Decide to give over your life, surrendering it to Him, and choose to follow Him. He has already paid the price for your sins with His death on the cross, and He was raised on the third day and will give you everlasting life with Him. You will be born again, and He will place His Holy Spirit within you. Until next time, remember, you are loved by God, and He deeply desires a relationship with you. Thank you.